The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 94 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We should be talking about the MXGP of Great Britain this week. There should be a lot to talk about and there should be a lot going on in the sport, but that kind of all took a turn over the weekend. So instead, we're going to get another go at an MXGP preview we obviously missed last week, which we'll get into. And God has given us another shot at previewing the 2022 MXGP and MX2 classes. So we're going to get into that today as well as what's going on in America what the hell is going on with the weather in England, because that's now something that everyone cares about, and much more on episode 94 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Of course, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knees Braces, and Armour Nutrition for their support of the MX Vice Show and for their support in giving you the riders and the people, the best products available. Because without them, so many things would not be possible in motocross. Coming up, we've got the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment, the Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week. We're probably not going to have time to get to Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. I realize we haven't done that once this year, but it will come back probably after Matterley with a bit of a, you know, quiz on what happened at Matterley because that would make perfect sense. Another thing that makes perfect sense is the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. So, I'm Lewis Phillips, your host, back in Europe, loving life. Kind of was pointless coming back. I could have gone to Minneapolis, but oh well, things happen. And with me, on episode 94 of the MXY Show podcast is a man who had a lovely holiday to Southampton at a weekend. It's James Burfield. How's it going, James? <laughs> hey, Lewis. Uh, yeah, I would say my two-day stay in Southampton was pleasant, but it wasn't. So um, somebody uh, cancelled my um, uh, holiday in uh, reservation, and I ended up in Ibis Budget. And uh, from there, it just went downhill. So add in the Ibis budget and also the weather, and uh, it was the holiday from hell. You're barely worth a hotel, so you should think yourself lucky that I booked you an Ibis budget. <sighs> yeah, th- th- there's a reason probably why I'm in an Ibis budget. You're like, ah. But I've got the upper hand now because I've got a sea view uh, this yeah, weekend. You've, yeah, you've booked your own, so that's fine. You can yeah. do what you like as long as you're, you're on the hook for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm definitely embracing that sea view. Um, I think I've got breakfast in bed ordered as well. So um, should be good, good times. That's good. That's yeah, we can, good. we can turn this around. Such a shame that you actually made the effort to go to an MXGP round and they did this to you. I know. I know, honestly. You may not know how hard it is to actually make you travel to an event. I know. Unbelievable. Put all this effort in, you know. I literally, I was excited the night before. I had all my equipment laid out, everything what I was going to do. It was going to be awesome. Didn't even get a chance to take my video camera out. Well, that's, so, um, we're, all, we're all better off for that. So, yeah, obviously everyone knows. Round one of MXGP was supposed to happen over the weekend. Storm Eugene. Eunice. Eunice, Storm Eunice came in. No, actually, it was, uh, was it Dudley? I don't know. I don't care that much. The Storm came in, rolled in. High winds were forecast for Friday. They came in, they battered Matterly, destroyed a few team awnings and damaged a lot. Even the teams that got off, like, got off well, had like a small rip in their awning and then bent poles. So no one really came out of it too well. A tree fell down on the track. Portaloos went flying. Shower blocks went flying. The skybox stayed up, so every cloud. But yeah, well, obviously worked on that since 2020. Then because in 2020, they I got think they hit. left. I think they left the um the what would you call it? You know, like the backdrop. Like they left. They put it up just as scaffolding, so the the sheets that hang from it with yeah. the sponsors on and stuff, weren't hung because they act like sails, don't they, in the wind? <laughs> and it did sell. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, they, um, they didn't let anyone in the track on Friday, so we weren't allowed in the track. We had to just sit around. Um, then they released an update on Friday evening saying that they would make a final decision on the event on Saturday morning, and at that point, they decided to postpone it by one week. So we're on to this weekend, I guess. Yeah, round one of MXGP, catch the fever. We get to do it again. Chapter two. It sucks, and I really it sucks for all the fans who travelled, especially ones who came from abroad. It sucks for the teams, like even I know for the teams just to fly home, like obviously early than planned or booked costs a lot of money. So yeah, it all sucks. It all sucks. However, I am happy that we get a proper MXGP opener this weekend. Touch wood. With two days of racing, even the fact that we can go into the track on a Friday, like for, I want to be able to go into the track on Friday and get a load of stuff that makes it exciting and like, like build up, build it all up, like talk to people, find stuff out, blah, blah, blah. Build up the first round to make it exciting rather than what we would have had weekend just gone, which basically would have been turn up two seconds before the gate drop, watch a race and go home in the rain and wind. So it sucks. It all very much sucks. However, I am happy that we get a proper go at it this weekend, James. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I was going to say what's better than, uh, you know, uh, one round of uh, the first round of uh, MXGP is actually having the first round twice, but we didn't actually get to see any racing. So um, the first thing you've got to do is, you know, at the end of the day, a decision was made. It was the right decision. Uh, as much as it sucked for everybody, and as much as there's people in the UK who are moaning, oh, I've driven all the way down from... I don't know, Newcastle or whatever. Well, there's guys which are driven from, from France. There's guys which um, have booked a flight which couldn't even take off because of the wind, you know. And, and they still would have got there on Friday night, uh, you know, three flights later to then be told that it was then going to be, you know, off. So as, ma- as, as bad as your situation was, 
there's always someone worse. So I know it doesn't help, but hey, that's just life. So um, I, you know, the, the one thing which I I do feel for is, is Steve Dixon and his team. Like literally, the Facebook comments again. It's like just the negativity. I, I know you're pissed off. Um, we all are. You know, we've all spent money. We've all, you know, we we we've all kind of invested time and everything else to go there. But those guys don't need the abuse. Those guys don't need the shit what was being said online and people moaning and taking the piss. And it's like half the people who are involved with Steve are all volunteers. They're all taking a week off of work to make sure that this GP happens. Like, I don't think people really understand like the, the depth and um, the amount of you know, good people behind Steve who try to put us on. And it's just like, you know, you really have to... Just the brain capacity of some people when they do post these comments is just, you know, if you actually listen to this and you're one of those guys, honestly, take take a hard look at yourself because as much as you're frustrated and pissed off, imagine those guys who've literally taken a week off of work, holidays, unpaid or whatever, to try and get this GP running. So, um, yeah, that's my rant of the day. Grinds my gears, Lewis, as you say. Cool. Granddad James isn't very happy, is he? Steve Dixon actually put this on Facebook, which I think basically sums it all up and means we can move on. On Friday night, when it wasn't certain that the event was going to go ahead either way, Steve commented on MXGP's post with, it's a long post, but I'll cut it down to the most important, the most important bit. This storm was not predicted early on, and we have dealt with bad weather before, but the gusts have been horrendous. And basically, if I run the event and there is a threat to life, then I will be convicted of corrupt manslaughter if there is a fatality. The buck stops with me. That was the outcome in this evening's meeting with the Emergency Police and Planning Department. Yeah, that just sheds a whole different light on things, doesn't it? That shit gets real. So, right call was made. Um, we move on. It's round one this weekend. Let's go. And the weather looks good. Friday sunny, Saturday sunny. Uh, Friday sunny, Saturday sunny. Sunday. Sunday, little bit of rain, but not much. Nothing compared to what we um, would have had weekend just gone. And the wind feels, seems just fine. So it should be fine. Touch wood, everything should be fine. We should get two days of racing. It'll be cold. It'll be a little bit miserable. But apart from that, it should be close to the best case scenario in February. But that's, but that's England, isn't it? You can literally pick one weekend where it could be horrific weather. You can pick the next weekend and it's sunny. So what those people saying, you know, why, why have a, a GP in February? Well, this weekend coming is going to be sunny. Why not? But it's just how it is. It's just a luck of the draw. I mean, yeah. Jesus, think, think of, think of um, the tracks that we've been to in May, June, July, um, literally GPs in Europe, and we've got there, and it's just started pissing down with rain. I've just looked again, because I haven't checked today. Winchester, which is where Massey Basin is now for this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, sunny every day, and the highest chance of rain on Sunday is at 7pm when there is a 20% chance of rain. Which basically means we should get no rain, which would be a bloody miracle after weekend just gone. Might be water in the track. So there you go. Happy ending. All, all's well that ends well. We move on. Before we get into... Um, actually, no, let's, go, let's just go straight to it. Right, MXGP 2022. Yes. First off, no round one being pushed back does not make a difference to Jeffrey Hurlings or Roman Fevre. Both riders are out. Fevra is expecting or hoping to be back in Argentina, which is round three. Not confirmed, but that is the goal. Still not back on a bike. Should be any day now. 
Hurlings is going to be out for a while. As I've said on previous podcasts, there's no way he's winning this championship. You're not going to see him until May, June. So get that out of your head now. So round one being delayed does not make a difference to either of those riders. Done. I don't need to mention that again. Of the riders who are racing and are active, I think we have one clear lead group. And that would be Geyser, Prado, Sewer, Koldnoff, and Jonas. Yep, that's quite a fall from where we were last year, but this is a situation we found ourselves in. James? That kind of makes me sad. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to keep positive. <laughs> We've got like two hours to go, so hang in there. <laughs> that's... Uh... That's uh, yeah. That's that's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting um, selection of riders you've chosen. Um, I, I've got to be honest. I I think this plays into one rider's hands really, really well, and I'm expecting big things this year. And that's Jeremy Sewer. I um I, I think he's got a very, very good chance of winning this title. I know we, we're talking guys. I know we're talking Prado. In I think I think he, if ever there's a, an opportunity to do um, to, to take this and and, and take this opportunity, especially with uh, those guys out, I think he's got to grab it with both hands. He's in a good place. He's he's happy. Um, what what do you think? My head says Geyser. My heart says Prado. And you know what? I'm going to just. Follow my heart. This is Prado's world and we're just living in it. Really? You're, you're all Prado? Yep, he's going to get on the gas and power to the um, MXGP Championship in 2022. Wow. Wow, so you think Prado all the way? He's going to get on the gas, James. Get on the gas. Gas. Get on the gas. That's, a, that's their saying. I realize you probably don't realize that. That's yeah. their slogan. Great. Okay. Did you know that? Uh, no, um, okay. and I, I just got, thought I was mental. I've got to be honest. Um, that must have been a short meeting. Get on the gas. So, so today we're going to talk about some some branding here. Um, let's shoot your ideas. Let's get on the gas. So done. Next, okay, James. Thanks for that. No, I've so this is how I look at it. Logically, last year there were three riders who were in it to the end for the MXGP title: Hurlings, Fevra, Geyser. Hurlings and Fevre are not around this year, championship-wise. So, logically, you would think it's going to be Geyser, wouldn't you? Like, that's safe yep. bet. That's a safe bet. We can have a very short conversation about that. We can move on. Happy days. Not only did he... Not only was he one of the... Not only is the, not only is he the last man standing of the three from last year, he also won the championship the two years before that. So, once again, this could be a very short conversation. Yeah. I choose to... I choose to roll the dice. I choose to believe in the next generation. And I choose to believe that Prado, who was bloody unbelievable at points last year, Tushintol first moto, we're going to ignore what happened after the checkered flag. From the drop of the gate to the checkered flag, he was absolutely unbelievable. Put that together with his starts, which are absolutely unbelievable. The fact that he's a year, year older, the fact that he's healthy, which he wasn't for half of last year. I think, and I'm trying to kind of convince myself here, I think Prado will do this. Look, if, someone's gonna, if someone is fast enough to win every single week and is going to take the whole shot every single week, 
and they are just going to ride a wide bike, it's quite likely that they can win the championship. Yeah, we we said we said uh, we said at the start of last year, you know, given given how well he starts on the bike, you know that he's always going to be there or thereabouts. The the only thing which is grating on me is just the rumors that you hear that you know, hundred percent things aren't happy um, in that camp. So it's like that's the only thing which is they are false. Everything's fine. They okay. are false. We're leaving those in twenty twenty one. Sure. Whatever. But that's the only thing which stops me from saying that he's going to go out and, and you know, destroy everybody. And, and, and I think on the, on the counter of that, I, I do believe that this situation always plays into Geyser's hands. Like, I'm not saying that. It's just when, that, when Herlins is back, that's when the pressure really put, puts on to Geyser. But knowing that, uh, knowing that uh, Herlins isn't going to be back till June or whatever, um, I just think this plays so well into Geyser's hands. I, wouldn't, I, I would fully expect him to come out swinging, um, going 1-1. One, one. Look, people in Geyser's camp are going to hate me saying this. Geyser does ride differently when Hurlings is in the race. It's true. For the most part. So it's the true. fact that there is no Hurlings and Fevra, I believe, will settle Geyser down to the point where we get back to the Geyser who just clicks off his laps, gets the job done quietly, and everything is... Fine and dory. 100%. That's the only time I've agreed with you. However, Prado is better than anyone has given him credit for. Prado is... Was... I would say Prado was faster than Geyser last year. And... Ah, oh, I don't... I, it's hard because we all forget that up until his collarbone injury, Geyser was kind of commanding the MXGP class a little bit. Even with Hurlings and Fevre there. However, it's just, but like I say, my head is telling me Geyser and it's really hard to ignore that, but I just feel that it would be foolish to not give Prado the attention and respect that he deserves. But throw into this, I, I genuinely believe Jeremy is going to be pushing both. We'll get to and Jeremy. And it's we'll going to be taking wins. We'll get so to Jeremy. I, I think it's going to be a lot closer this year than just a Geyser and Prado shootout. After um, the first turkey last year, which was round eight, Geyser was 13 points ahead of Prado. And at that point, they had been fairly even without anyone having a DNF or like the moto after that, Prado crashed out. So like, but up until that point, they had both been fairly equal, finished every moto, blah, blah, blah. And there was only 13 points between them. So that tells me Prado has something for Geyser last year, and Prado is a year older. A year older probably isn't going to make a difference to Geyser at this point, but for Prado, that does do something. Prado. Um, you know what? I am, you know what? I've, I'm sold. I've just convinced myself. No, that's great. I'm really pleased for you. But Prado. It's, this is Prado's world. We're just living in it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Huge talent, super fast, but Geyser without Hurlins is a different kettle. Do you know what's weird? Uh, Go. It's funny how quickly you get used to normal stuff because, or get used to like new stuff because um, I'm just on the results from last year, obviously. And obviously next to Prado's name, it says KTM. He was on a KTM last year and has been on a KTM his whole life. But I'm already so used to him being on a gas gas, but I saw the word KTM next to his name and was like, huh, what, what, what's that doing there? Like, funny how you get used to stuff, isn't it? Mm, not really, you weirdo. So... Fevre and Hurlins are going to come back at some point and that is going to 
change the dynamics of the championship as well because they're going to take points away from the leaders and blah, 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 blah. Um, what, what are we saying about Jeremy? Cool, you're very keen to get us onto Jeremy, aren't you, today? <laughs> very, very. I think you're, like I mean, you're like a little kid we, who we, wants a sweet. Hey, like, oh, we, we, done, we done, guys, we and we've done Prado. It's, are we there yet? It's we done. There yet? We know they're going to be one and two. Well, I don't know. You, do you know that? Because you seem to think that Jeremy's going to be in there. Well, let's, let's take us back to 2015. I think it's 2015. Was that opening round of Qatar? And well, uh, was, Qatar was the opening round for three years, so... But... Um, <laughs> okay, let's just ignore that. Fevre's, uh, Fevre, uh Romain Fevre was... Wow, um, we're really struggling here, aren't we, with a story? <laughs> yeah, really struggling. <laughs> He basically stepped up from MX2, went into, into the MX1, MXGP uh, category, and basically done very, very well that year. Can you see enough in Maxime Renault? What? 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 You, you've been begging us to talk about sewer for 10 minutes. I finally gave you the platform to talk about sewer, and you changed the subject. Just got me thinking. I just, I, I, that, that whole story, I was thinking to myself, how does this relate to Sewer? Does he think the Sewer is a rookie? Am I going to have to tell him that Sewer raced a 450 last year? And nope, you're done with Sewer, just like that. After begging to talk about him, you're, you're done. Like, nope, moved on. Well, I was just think, I was thinking about actually. Jer- we will get to Renault because Renault, if you notice, Group 1, Guys are Prado, Sewer, oh, Cold, Enough, No, Jonas. we're not doing groups again, are we? We're not onto the Renault group yet. Oh, now, sorry for that. Sake. Sorry for that little yeah, but this is the whole the- thing, isn't it? It's like your rules. I don't understand this. It's like, oh, we've got to go for Lewis's groups. It's like, oh my just God. To keep some, uh, I'm just trying to keep some law and order into the... We don't um, want law and order. Sometimes we just want to go crazy, mate. Out of respect and the fact that you begged to talk about Sewer, we need to talk about Sewer before we get onto his rookie teammate. Fucking hell. Honestly, you've got to let yourself go sometimes. So you were going, you were banging on about Sewer, and now I'm trying to make you talk about him, and now you're refusing. You're basically a little kid who begs and goes, Oh, I want to play on the swings. I want to play on the swings. And then I finally turn around and go, Okay, James, play on the swings. And you go, Well, now I don't want to. No, I'm going, I'm on a roundabout. <laughs> well, now, well now, now I don't want to. Now that you say that I can, now I don't want to. Like, yeah. No, I'm just. So, what? So, you know what Lewis, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being fucking excited. Jesus. You weren't excited. What's wrong five, with you? You weren't excited five minutes ago. You were actually quite sad. What's when I wrong with you? Honestly, you and your fucking groups. Everybody Sewer. else is pissed off with your groups as well. If everybody else is pissed off at their groups, can you please tweet Lewis saying fuck off with your groups this week? That'd Sewer. be great. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to be very good. So good, in fact, it wouldn't surprise me, given his form of last year, uh, the end of part of last year, uh, 100% healthy, looking good. I think he is a dark horse. For the title. I wouldn't say dark horse. I'd say he's a light horse. Like, I think, I think Prado, your title is coming from Geyser Prado. Uh, uh, excuse me. Accord, literally 10 minutes ago, you were basically saying it's a two-horse race. No, not at all. I was just yes, trying you, to put no, no, this in order. No, we haven't no. no. You said, basically, it's those two. So anybody outside of those two certs, I would class as a dark horse, wouldn't you? If you like. I can't be asked to talk about that. So, honestly, 
I I agree. I think I think your title I think your title is coming from Geyser Prado Sewer. I think it has to come from one of those three. I don't I don't think Coldnoff or anyone like that is going to be take the title. So the title is coming from one of those three. Sewer. Sewer may have benefited or not benefited, but Sewer may come out of this very short off season better than anyone because while Geyser and Prado for eighty percent of the season were in an intense title fight. Sewer was kind of just limping through and doing what he could. <laughs> so as far as pressure goes and like the pressure of being in a title fight, it was quite a relaxed season for Sewer, and he only came on at the very end, which meant that he kind of went into his offseason a little fresher, had some, still had some momentum on his side because he was ridiculously good at the end of last year. And I think that means that a short offseason may be the best thing for him than more better for him than anyone else. So if he can carry that into the new season, which I think he will, nothing's gone wrong this off season. Uh, no major changes, no major hiccups, nothing to really speak of, to be honest, which is a big improvement over last year. I don't see a reason why he couldn't be in that mix every week. Put it this way. This is what I expect of Jeremy. Last year was an anomaly. This year, we should be back to the Jeremy who is on the podium every single week. Agreed? Yeah, agree. And that should technically lead to someone being in the title fight. Yeah, I, I can't see him being too far out of the... I can't see him being out of the top five for the beginning part of this year. Oh, no, top... No, no, no. He, I can't see him being out of the top three. Do you think... Oh, God. Before we get into that topic, because that's going to open a can of worms. Do you want to know what Geyser, Prado and Sewer all have in common? Is it a particular product they use? Well, they all use the winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century. Rentful continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport, amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined. Put that into perspective. Wow. Rentful has more championships than all other handlebar brands combined. Rentful's records are unsurpassable with, hope you're sitting down for this, 238 US titles and 232 world titles for 470 major championship titles combined. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Rentful Factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning of 1969. And the key thing here is you, you listening to this, you, the rider, you may not be able to add to the 232 world titles that Rentful has, but that's okay because you can use exactly the same product that Tim Geyser, Jorge Prado, and Jeremy Sewer will be using in the next 20 rounds of MXGP. Rentful Handlebars, thank you for their support. We're happy to have them on this year. Excited for what the future holds with Rentful. Let's play this fun game. I think we're both, we're both convinced Geyser, Prado, Sewer, your championship is coming from one of those three riders. Yeah. Percentages. Uh, with the three and not adding in uh, any others, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Geyser 50, Prado 25. No, Geyser 50, Prado 30, Jeremy 20. I'm going to go. 
It's hard because, like I say, my head says geyser. You're going to do 33, 33, 33, 33. No, I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to follow my, I'm trying to follow my heart, but my head does say geyser. I always go first on these as well. That's because I'm the host, so I have to ask you. That's kind of how it works. You can mix it up. Okay. Maybe okay, I'll ask Lewis, you. percentage time. <laughs> Please don't call me Lewis. My life no, that's what I mean. What do you want me to do? Talk to myself. I will go. I actually think you would like a podcast show all on your own where you could probably talk to yourself. Well, you're really disrupting my flow, to be honest. You've got me all out of sorts. I will go. Geyser 45. 45.5. Prado 45. And Sewer 10. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a Lewis. That is, that is such a Lewis thing. What? What's wrong with 45? Fucking Lewis. Right. This is where I was going to go, where I knew it was going to open Pandora's box. Sewer is... If we're, if we're ranking them now, if we're doing power rankings now, Sewer is third on the list heading into round one. Yes? Yeah. Okay. What are the chances that Koldenoff beats Sewer? I don't know. Like it's... <laughs> But you don't, you just, you genuinely don't know what, what Koldenhoff's going to turn up. I mean, I mean, I'm... we know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's just hard keep, for me just to keep it's a new year. Shut. It's a new year. I'm not angry. It's fine. It's a new year. I'm going to plead the fifth. Yeah, I think that's probably best for you. Because I have a lot to say already. Just you said one sentence, and I have about an hour worth of things to say. Yeah, well, you, uh, you're trying to build bridges, not actually like you know take a American bomber and put literally just lay blanket bombs across it. It's fine. I don't know what to say, James. Please take the wheel. Is this about Coldenhoff? Yes, yes, James. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so I would say, uh, given what I've seen. Um, uh, Hawkstone, yes, it was an international. Yes, it was the start of the year. But obviously, you know, it's for everybody who was there, they could see the, the quality of Coldenoff. You, you generally, I, I generally look, go into the season and it all depends on how he's clicking with the bike and, and you know, how he's feeling, how everything's going. Talking to him in the interview, he sounded in a good place. So, um, again, literally, Glenn could literally come out swinging in the first few rounds. And could be top three. Uh, could be top three Matley, top three Mantova. In we're, we're talking about you know a different different Koldenoff. That's that. That's the ability he has. So, um, or or um, it could be reminiscent of the fact that the last couple of years. However, you know, it's second year now on the on the Yamaha. I do think he's going to do well. I, what I is what is do well, but. Do well, as in, I think he will challenge for a podium, but he will be um, four, fifth, sixth in a championship. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's, yeah, but this is right. So this is where this is hard because you say that like it's an improvement on last year, don't you? It, well, no, that's where we expected. That's the expectation of of the investment in him um, by the team sponsors and everything. Else oh, I don't. Way. I do not think that. I do not think with the investment in Coldenoff, they expect him to be four, fifth, sixth. Uh, they would do after last year. No, but I think with the investment made, I think they expect him to be challenging for the title and you better get us a medal. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't not agree with that. I think, I think that is where the expectation... Obviously, I, I'm guessing now hindsight's brilliant. So like, 
now that everyone knows a bit more, maybe they're going to back it down a little bit. But still, with the investment made, I would say that it's still at a point where they're like, yeah. Here's one for you. Oh, God. Um, with the three riders under that awning, um, there is a very high chance Coldenoff becomes the third rider on that team this year. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I obviously tried to speak about Renault in, in possibly doing very, very well okay. earlier in the podcast. However, there is a good chance that maybe Renault could um, outperform him. I wasn't at Hawkstone. Lucky me, it looked miserable. <laughs> it didn't have wind. Let's just say it didn't have wind. Um, it had all the rest, just not the wind. I wasn't impressed with what I saw from Coldenoff, though. Watching it, I was kind of a bit like, oh. The track was, the first two races, the track was really difficult. It was basically one liney. In the super final, it did start to develop. Um, more lines started to develop as the track sort of dried out. So you couldn't really gauge too much. But from what I seen, I thought he looked good. I just, I would, I would expect in that field, without when there's no guys at Prado Sewer, I would have expected him to, being the cold enough who everyone expects him to be, I would have expected him to dominate. That's all. Or not dominate, but at least win everything. Interesting thing about cold enough this year. Well, this is basically where I'm at with cold enough. I'll keep it. I won't put opinion in it because that's dangerous. He's had more than a full year on Yamaha now. He's had 18 rounds, 19 including the Nations, and then adding preseason races and whatever else. He's had a lot of races to learn the bike, gather knowledge, figure this thing out. If we get to, if we are, if we get to round three and there's talk about setting up the bike, then I'm out. I'm sorry. That's, I don't want to hear that anymore. Long enough time now. So that should be figured out, I would hope. Two full off seasons on the bike. That should be figured out. What that leads to, I don't know, because I still think, even if Coldoff is at his very best, I still think guys at Prado Sewer are better, adding Hurling's Feather as well when they're back. Two, Coldoff's contract's up this year. That is huge, because he is being paid very well at Yamaha. And if he doesn't, if if this is another year like last year and the end result is Yamaha and Coldenoff deciding that they need to go their separate ways, I don't know where Coldenoff would go. Because you're going to say standing. Yeah. Okay. But that's nice. That's a nice, that's a nice, like, hundred foot view of the situation. I don't know what, if Coldenoff doesn't stay at Yamaha, I don't know where his career goes next. Standing. I'd be, I'd be very interested to see what that looks like. Standing construct. So that, that, those are two very interesting things to me heading into 2022. Still, I think no matter what, I think the end result will be cold enough will be in fourth, fifth, sixth to begin with. And then I think that Hurlings and Fevra will eventually pass him in the championship. Well, Hurlings not because he's going to miss a lot of rounds, but Fevra will eventually pass, catch and pass cold enough in the championship standings. Cold enough will be fifth or sixth in the points at the end of the year. That's what you think? Yep. Okay. Which is a, it's a, it's a difficult thing because people do, people do this in the paddock. If he finishes fifth or sixth in the points, everyone will go, well, that's an improvement. Over last year, he was seventh. Well, like Caroli was one ahead of him. Immediately, you're pulling Caroli out, so that's sixth. 
And then you're kind of pulling Hurlings out as well because I'm pretty sure he's going to miss so many rounds that he won't really be able to do much in the championship. I, I think you get too hung up on this. He finishes fifth or sixth. No, like only there's like three people in the world will probably remember in 10 years time, you know, that such and such was injured or such and no, such. No, but I just think for, the, I think for the sake of discussion now, because people will hear me go, oh, he's going to finish fifth in the championship. And they go, well, that's too better than last year. That's an improvement. If, Col- actually- if Coldenhoff finishes sixth in the championship, he will get a contract next year with a team Oh, that. of course. I'm not saying he's going to struggle to find a ride. I'm just in. I just don't see a path. I don't see an obvious path that is relative to finishing sixth in the championship. It's you know, you know, back when he got offered a championship, he got offered to do it with Yamaha. He was winning MXGP um, races and also nations. So it's like he he was in form. He was looking good. Um, that's what that's what people bought into. Things change. I, I think you can get too hung up on this sort of stuff. Okay, sorry, James. I'll try and be better. Well, I'll just give him a break. I'm being nice. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just, I'm just trying to offer a bit of context. We know your context, Phillips. We know. Final one in Lewis's lead group of guys are Prado, yeah. Silver, Cold, North, Junus. <laughs> Lewis's lead group. See, it's basically the fucking Lewis show. I said that just because... I'm you... in the Lewis house and I'm having some... Lewis's way! Is, um... <laughs> Jonas. Don't now, you Jonas... the bloody best journalist in the world for motocross? I have not got there yet, but Jonas has had a small preseason injury and I haven't quite got to the point where I've figured out what that is. However, he has had a small preseason injury Small, and he's fine for Massily. Happy days, crack on. So, really, I guess that means nothing, but just worth considering. Jonas is ahead of Coldenoff this year. Can Fact. I tell you? Can I tell you what a small preseason injury is? What? Well, uh, I don't know if you've been following the Winter Olympics, but there was uh, a Finnish skier. What? Uh, what where skier. are you going with this? Uh, he had a frozen penis while he okay. was competing. I Imagine that—a frozen penis. I should have guessed. Jonas is ahead of Coldenoff. They only wear like two like like rash guards or something. It's like, oh my god! You know, like what I'd do if I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure that everybody else would do this. You know, it's like foot warmers. I reckon, like maybe when that finished skier does. This is the second time it's happened. He's got the second time he's got a frozen penis. He should get those like warm pads. But warm pads is pads. He is balls up. Done. Frozen penis. Jonas beats Coldenoff this year. What? Sorry. Hang on. Jonas beats Coldenoff this year. Oh my God. You got such. Jonas beats Coldenoff this year. Have you got a poster on your wall? Jonas is underrated. I'm just here to spread the word. You've been We're saying like, underrated for three years. It's boring. Move on. Last year. I Move like, on. I feel like you were very, you were very, um, what was it? What, what would the word be? I think I, I think I figured out the secret to you on the podcast. Uh, no, you haven't figured out anything. You're, you're, it's the same shit every year. Cold and off, blah, blah. Jonas is going to be awesome. I've seen Jonas in preseason. He was amazing. I haven't seen Jonas in preseason. It's been, um, oh, I think Jonas... Jonas had one podium last year, but he was fourth a lot. Taking out the riders who aren't active at the moment, Do you know Jonas what? will have a lot more podiums now. Figured out you on a podcast, right? If you say the same shit enough, eventually it will happen. 
and it makes you look good because you actually got something right. But this is like the third year in a row that you've been telling everybody that Jonas is going to be great. You always struggle with a preseason podcast. I don't struggle. I don't struggle. You get so angry over nothing. No, it's just like... It's like... It's James, Grand tell us your thoughts day. on Jonas. We've been trying to get to this for five minutes. James, it's what are your thoughts on Jonas? It's Groundhog Day. What every are your thoughts year, on Jonas? Every year I hear the same thing from you. Jonas is going to be brilliant. I've watched him pre-season. Oh my God. I literally, I, I, last year was the so, only year I saw Jonas so, pre-season. So, fast. It's like, yeah. We, we see moments. Okay, James, expert on MXGP. What do you think about Jonas? He's great. <laughs> I think he's in Lewis's second group, yes. What? I think he will be getting four of the You think he's in a lower group than Koldenoff? I think he'll be battling with Koldenoff. Okay, that's brilliant. Took us a long way to get there, didn't it? But Jonas will have way more podiums than last year. That's obvious. With a weaker field and everything, that's obvious. Question is now... Actually, maybe we should save this to the end. We'll do it see, now. See, uh, I mean, all right, so, so in this next group of Koldenoff, Jonas, who else is in this group? Well, this is the lead group. Guys are Prado, Sewer, Koldenoff, Jonas. Okay, so uh, that's nice of you to put, put, put those guys into the lead group. But in well, to that, be honest, James, we're just struggling for names at this point compared to last year, so... But in that, in that lead group, you've not got um, people like uh, Renault, Watson... No, and no James, they're coming up. That's how... The way this podcast works is it's like a film. It progresses over time and we get to more people. So, like, we get, we get there. We're going to get there. It's fine. It's coming. But it doesn't all happen straight away because it's like a film... Do you want to know my surprise of the year? I, I just want some sort of structure, really. <laughs> I know, I'm here to unstructure your structure because sometimes people get bored of your structure. Sometimes people just like, just to like hear shit. I think people just want to hear us talk about MXGP considering you couldn't do a podcast last week and we're just on 10 minutes of nothing, really. Oh my God, you get, honestly, you're, here we go, hitting out. Hit it out. Who again. is your surprise? Brian Bogers. Okay, we'll get there. Like, fuck me. Jonas. Does he win a GP this year? Taking a long time to get there, aren't you? Yes, because of you. Jonas, does he win a GP this year? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go no, because uh, you said this exactly the same as uh, last year. So, and you said, no, he's going to win this year. Da, 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 da. Um, so I'm going to go no again. He has to get one before Hurlings and Fevra. Oh, not Fevra, because he has to get one before Hurlings comes back and gets back to 100%. The preseason injury, whatever that is. Do you think Hurlings is going to come back and destroy everybody? Not straight away, no. He's going to build up to destroying everybody. Well, it's, a big, it's not a little injury. It's not like he's broken a thumb or something. Like I'd imagine that it's going to take some time to really get this thing comfortable. Although he does say it is clean and he does say it's going to be full recovery and like there's not really concerns there. But still, I don't think you come back from a broken heel and just immediately are like feeling froggy. Froggy? And that's a saying. <laughs> I've never heard that saying before. Right. So that's, uh, I'm just going to call this a clear cut because we, like, we need to move on. You called me a what? Uh, literally. So, Geyser, Prado, Sewer, Koldenoff, Jonas. That's, that's the top five group in my mind. Lewis heading into five. Heading into round one. I said my. Heading into round one. Behind them, 
with the potential to mix things up would be Watson, Olsen, Evans, Bogers, Renault, Fernandez. Fernandez, who literally, I need to write a post-it note somewhere to remind myself that Fernandez is a thing because I've got a real problem with forgetting him. Uh, and beaten. I think those are the those are the riders, especially at the top end of that group, who have a potential to get in that group. Maybe not in the guys of Prado sewer category, but they can definitely battle with Coldenoff and Jonas. They can get on the podium. They can do something. Who stands out to you from that group? Do you know what um, Fernandez's results last year were a massive surprise? I, I fully expected him to like you know Im- implode being on that bike and. Yeah, under that all and everything else, I, I he surpassed my expectations of, of what he could achieve. Um, but I, I think I don't know. I just got a sneaky suspicion on Bogers this year. I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. But um, uh, I spoke to him a little bit at Hawkstone. Um, watched him at Hawkstone as well. Um, I think him and Watson are going to have a very good year. I think Watson as well. Um, I think Watson's going to thrive on that Kawasaki. Uh, uh, being in that team, having I think Strybos is huge for him. Um, do you know what? I, Renault, Watson, Bogers is. I think one of those three is going to podium. Oh, what once? I think the, for the start of this year, one of those one of those three in the first three rounds is going to podium. Okay, that's better. That's, yeah. Starting with, well, you said a lot there, but Bogus is, is massively underrated. But standing construct as a team with Jonas and Bogus is underrated. I don't think anyone realizes oh, no, how good Jonas and how good Bogus is. Well, that's a great team. It's a great team. I don't think anyone, I think, I don't think anyone truly appreciates how, what Jonas is capable, uh, capable of and what Bogus is capable of. But I think we've said this on a podcast for two years now. Bogus, Bogus has a stigma around him because of what happened at HRC. So that's part of the reason why he's definitely underrated. But over the last couple of years, he's taken pole position and he's finished in the top five and he's done stuff. So I see no reason. He's definitely going to finish in the top five at points this year. He did that last year and the year before. So definitely. Yeah. And with a weaker field, I think that probably leads to a podium at some point. Definitely in a moto, probably overall. Renault is definitely going to get a podium at some point. That's sir. Do you know what would be quite interesting? I think I, I think I can definitely see both standing riders actually getting on the podium in, in the same GP. I don't want to discuss anything to do with Jonas with you anymore. Why not? Because you've just basically you basically just shouted at me for being for saying Jonas is good. And then now you're saying that both Jonas and Bogus can be on the same on the podium at the same time, which basically means Jonas is going to be either first or second. Which basically means you've just agreed with me after shouting at me for ten minutes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But I'm just saying that it wouldn't surprise me if both riders were on the podium at one GP this year. Of this group, Watson gets a podium. Actually, that's hard. To, it's hard to do because I don't know. For some reason, I feel very unsure about Olsen, and I don't know why. But for some reason, something about I think it's because he's not on a full factory program anymore. For some like and the. The look of it is giving me, is pushing me away. I think that's why I feel a bit unsure about Olsen. And also, he was quiet last year. Like, he didn't really do, he didn't really show any signs of anything. So, I think that I'm very um, timid about Olsen. That's a rookie year, and he did finish in front of Watson in the points. So, yeah, but do that as far bad. as talking about getting on the podium and stuff, I feel like Watson showed more potential of that. 
Uh, Olsen was know. like a Olsen was like a steady chug along all year. Um, I don't know. Whereas Watson was like highs, lows, highs, lows. Whereas Olsen was just like flatlined the whole year. Mm, I don't. Not in a dead way. I don't agree with that. Really? I can literally show. I can literally send you the results right now. If I had time to put their results in a graph, they would tell you just that. Well, I, I think you're wrong because I'm, I'm looking at the results now, and um, Watson finished one place higher than than um, Jonas all year. Uh, not Jonas. Um, Olsen all year. Uh, the fact that you've just got that said that just has your research has been thrown out. Actually, no, he didn't because at the end of, end of the year, yeah. So so basically, Watson and Jonas. What Watson didn't oh didn't outperform. He said Jonas again. What are you, Sorry. Who are you talking about? Watson didn't outperform Olsen all year. As in points, he didn't he didn't get a higher amount of points. In a moto, yeah. Check the point. Check the points. I'm more talking about the I'm more talking about the laps like the beginning of Lockett. Ben ran the pace with Prado and someone else for a couple of laps. And it was like, oh, this is encouraging. Uh Sard is pushing my memory now. Uh Sardinia, I think he started second for and he was there for a couple of laps. And it was like, oh, this is encouraging. Like there wasn't that from Olsen. I haven't seen that yet. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Right. So you need to be a little bit more specific when you're t- what you're talking about. Highs and lows. Okay, sorry. I'll put like closed captioning on this podcast for people like you who are a little slow. Just saying, you've just got to be more specific, haven't you? We had a year off of it, so this is exciting. Talk about Mitch Evans, your, your Jesus. You know, everyone knows I'm a massive Mitch Evans fan. However, it's going to take time. The, the guy's been basically KO'd for a year. So um, I don't think we're going to see the best of Mitch until... Six or seven, round six or seven, and I th- I think it's going to take him that long to to get back into into race mode. You know, uh, with those guys, it's a year out is massive, it's huge. So um, uh, all, all all Mitch what has all Mitch has to do is basically just grind away for the first five six rounds, and then um, once he starts to feel him, you know, feel what he can do and everything else, then start to. Um, to step it up but he's just got to stay healthy this year I think just getting those laps under him race fitness and everything else expectations low we don't don't need expectations agree? it's hard because Mitch is actually really good really good and we've all and we've all seen that well look, look back to Matley was that two years ago at the opening round was it two years ago? yeah he is really good and he can do big things like if he was healthy right now he would probably be in that group with guys of Prado Sewer Coldenoff Jonas yeah, if he didn't have that year off, yeah. But the reality is, he has had a difficult road the last two years. I think that Evan's priority has just got to be staying healthy, staying consistent, being there every week, being in the top 10 every week, and then we'll talk in a couple of months. For now, just be in the top 10 every single week, and then we'll see. Contract year for him as well. Be in the top 10 every week, then we'll see. But make no mistake about it, if he gets back to 100%, Body-wise, speed-wise, fitness-wise, racecraft-wise, in all, all the categories, all of the above, he can be on the podium a lot and he can win. But that's going to take time and it's unrealistic to expect it anytime soon. But I hope that he gets back in... I hope he gets back to where he was because the series will be better off with Mitch Evans as the very best Mitch Evans that he can be. No? Yeah, I said that. You just went on a lot. Okay. Yeah, we need to talk about Watson, I guess, in a bit more detail. I'm going through lap charts now, 
of all the GPs oh. uh, to find a 919 because you're so adamant that there was flashes of brilliance, which I'm not debating. I'm just trying to find factual evidence. So, so you, you crack on. Do you want to know what I think would be a really good idea this year, James? Uh, that we find another person on a podcast? I think that I should fly to every GP and then you should tell me that everything I see is bullshit. That's a great idea. Because technically, MXGP, MXGP of Czech Republic, Moto One, lap chart, third, Ben Watson for six laps. Technically, um, you don't really need to fly to GPs. You can just be like me and, and you can actually watch it at home. MXGP of Czech Republic, Moto One, lap chart, 919, third for six laps. Brilliant. You Happy? You found one. I, I literally just went straight away to the example I said. Now I will go to Sardinia. Right, okay, go to Olsen. I'm not... James, we're previewing 2022. We don't have time to run through lap charts from last year. We did that all of last year. Watson this year, what do you think he can do? With uh, his teammate still sidelined and um, Herlins, I think... I, I, don't, I don't think a podium is out of question. A solid year for him this year would be... Um, just literally grinding out fourths, fifths, sixths. Um, a podium would be would be fantastic. That'd be the icing on the cake. What What do you think? He'll be on the podium this year, no doubt. I think that the goal should be the goal should be reaching Coldenoff. I think if Watson can reach Coldenoff, then that would be a good place to be, and I think he can do that. And when I say reach Coldenoff, I mean Coldenoff's level each week, which is four, fifth, six. I think he can do that. It's going to be a. It's going to get better with the team because from what I've hear. He is still very much on the bike that Fevre was riding last year. I hear that testing is more testing is coming in the coming weeks, which should mean that things get even better. I think things are very good right now. Look at the videos of, from the, of the um, starts from Hawkstone, and you'll see that that Kawasaki is really good. Yeah, Fevre was obviously really happy with it last year. It's amazing because I was actually at Hawkstone, so like you just watched it on 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 TV. So I was actually at Hawkstone, you know. So. I can tell you how fast that Kazaki was. Literally, no one listening to the podcast wants to hear that. <laughs> I think also one of the things that Ben, ben actually said it, on the, uh, said it publicly last year, he struggled a little bit with the fact that he was the third rider on Yamaha and didn't always get the attention or the guidance that a rookie should have had. I think that having, being the number one rider on that team for the time being and having Strybos solely focused on him, I think that, will be invaluable as well. I think that will be the difference maker. Having a team, having a team focused on him, settings, everything. They're, they're literally pouring everything into Ben because he's their only rider currently. He has got everyone's attention on that team. I think that's, that's going to be a good strength to have going into this year. Who does better, Renault or Watson? Overall, end of the year. Or in any way, whatever way. Who does, who's, who's better this year, Renault or Watson? I don't know, because everything that we've seen from Renault this year is pretty exciting. But we have only seen one thing. I will say that. Speed. Because, no, but there you said everything we've seen from Renault. Actually, we've actually only seen him at one race. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure if you want to, if you play that game, you can probably find one race of all of these guys. It's oh, very sure. exciting. Oh, sure. Let's just say this. It wouldn't surprise me if he's on the podium in round one. It wouldn't surprise me if Watson or uh, maybe Bogus because it's Matley. Uh, okay, for the rest of them, but it wouldn't surprise me if Watson's on the podium at round one either. No, no, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, who finishes higher? I, I am going to go with Watson just because um, he's had that rookie year. He's, he, he's had the year in, in MXGP. He kind of knows what to expect. I think 
I think Renault's definitely going to have ups and downs. Um, and obviously, he'll have that world champion swagger about him because he's sort of coming up into you know winning the world title. It's gonna it's gonna be close. It's, it's like like it was last year with with Olsen and Watson. It's gonna be close, but I do think Watson edges it. And the reason why, if if Watson was still at Yamaha, I think Renault might beat him. But I think the fact that he's on the Kawasaki, um. He's got the whole team behind him. He's got Strybos there. He's got that year under his belt. I think, I think Watson finishes higher than Renault this year. I just realised there's one big name that I left out of this group. Vlanderen. Yeah, you missed Vlanderen. Um, you've missed... Um, Jazakonis. Actually, just Gibbon as a whole. Um, also Lupino. I'm not putting Jazakonis in this group, I don't think. Lupino. Van Horbeek. Van Horbeek. Boirami. Barrowmate is lost in the weeds somewhere. <laughs> what? Why? Because Brett Van Donick, do you know that guy? Where you know he looked really good at Hawkstone. What? Oh, Vlanderin, Vlanderin's going to be on the podium as well. Vlanderin's in this Watson, Olsen, Evans, Bogus, Renault, Fernandez beaten group. I tell you what, talk, you talking about your groups? That that second group of riders. Is a lot bigger than we we and you know we initially said. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just looking at this from a, from the perspective of like Watson, Olsen, Evans, Bogus, Renault, Fernandez, Beaton, Vlanderin have the potential to get into the top group. Van Horbeck, Lupino don't. Van Donick doesn't. So that's why I'm. That's why I put these lot preseason wise because like you seem to be very you seem to think we're reviewing the 2021 season, but we're not. Pacharel. We are previewing the 2022 season and pre- talking completely hypothetically and looking at all of these riders' potential on paper in front of us. Watson, Olsen, Evans, Bogus, Renault, Fernandez, Beaton, Vlanderin have the most potential to go further. See, um, yeah, there's other riders that we've, we've not spoken about as Pacharel and um, Jacoby. I know Jacoby's injured, which is a real shame because I think he would have done quite well. He's had a real good pro- progression over the last year. Mm-hmm. Support for MX Vice is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, the MX Vice Show listeners. Yes, an offer for you, the MX Vice Show listeners. off and free worldwide shipping worldwide. You hear that, Americans and Australians and Europeans listening to this podcast? 20% off and free worldwide shopping with the code MXVICE, all caps, one word, at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped is a game changer. Inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of that stuff. Manscaped.com has it all, and you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with everything on there using the code MXVICE, one word, all caps. Thanks to Manscaped for coming on. That is a limited time offer, so what you're going to want to do is head to Manscaped.com this week Make an order with the discount code MXVICE, all caps, one word, 
and yeah, change your life with the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, and everything else on offer at Manscaped. One week, make those orders, use that discount code, change your life. Safety first and quality first. All of the above at Manscaped. Uh, Lewis? Yes. How excited are you to use your lawnmower? The lawnmower 4.0 is a game changer with a torch and all other sorts of um, special goodies that make the job that much easier. It's going to be interesting to, um, to, to get that torch going, I guess. You're going to need a good mirror, obviously, to see the torch um, and to what? get those plums nice and, nice, and, nice and shiny. You don't need a mirror because you've got the torch on your 4.0 lawnmower, which ensures you can see everything you need to see. There we Discount go. code MXVICE, all caps, one word, manscaped.com. M A N S C A P E D dot com. And uh, the great thing is, is we have uh, a, a new show next week. If um, we have more than 50 orders of uh, the Manscaped using the MXVICE code, uh, then next week's YouTube show is going to be Lewis trying out the lawnmower. Live on YouTube. It's for Lawnmower 4.0, James. They've come on quite far from the original Lawnmower. Okay. Continue to make improvements to you for your safety and quality of the cut. Or for 60 discount codes used, Lewis will use the Weed Whacker instead of the Lawnmower on his balls. No, the Weed Whacker, James, is an ear and nose hair trimmer from Manscaped. We're just mixing shit up, Lewis. You're going to be using the Weed Whacker on your balls. Thanks to Manscaped for coming on. Yeah, if you use the discount code, use it soon, this week preferably, or after payday, which is coming up. That's only next week. Or maybe this week. No, next week. If, uh, if you do see Lewis at this week's uh, MXGP, he will be walking around uh, with a lot of swagger um, because he has used the Lawnmower 4.0. Feel free to ask him any questions about the Lawnmower 4.0, how well it, you know, the cut down times now that he's been able to. Um, just get it all nice and shiny. So Lewis loves questions like this. So if you see Lewis at MXGP of Great Britain, ask him how he's getting on with his new Manscaped range. Discount code MXVICE, all caps, one word, M-X-V-I-C-E. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to you guys. Please use the discount code. It'd be much appreciated. So, Geyser, Prado, Sewer, Koldnoff, Jonas, Watson, Olsen, Evans, Bogus, Renault, Fernandez, Beaton, Vlanderin, Hurlings, Fevra. Who wins GPs this year? Damn. Um, Hurlings wins a GP. Yes. Geyser, Prado, Sewer win GPs. Yes. Those are my four certs. Yep. Um, I don't think Coldenoff wins a GP. I, oh, Jonas, uh, Jonas could win. You said that he's going to win. You had a go at me for going back on something. Like, shitting all over Jonas, and then now I'm saying that he's going to podium, but you actually said he was going to win, so surely you've got to say he's going to win. No, I said he could win. Again, I'm not going to go... We go over this every year with a preseason podcast where I say someone's you got just, potential, and you go, so, oh, you said that he's going to be world champion! Oh, oh, you said that Brara May's got potential! You, that means he's going to beat Hurlings! No, James, I said he's got potential, which means he's going to do very good. So Hurlings, guys, are Prado, Sewer are my dead certs for GP wins. I, Fever only got one last year, and he was amazing. Which makes me think that if he's coming off of an injury and it's going to be a bit of a slow burner, maybe he doesn't get one this year. 
because, like I say, he got he only got one last year and he was incredible. Koldenoff could, Jonas could. Those two are the could category. But it's risky to put them in this list if I want to be right. I don't think there's going to be that many winners this year. No, I, I, could, I can settle quite easily on Hurling's guys of Prado and Sewer. Yeah, and add in a feather as well. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, he only won once last year, so... Yeah, I still think he'll come back banging. Um, yeah, I, I, whereas, you know, US Supercross, I still believe there's going to be seven different winners. Um, I'm only going to go with... I'm going to go with five max in MXGP for the whole year. Like, I don't see where other wins are going to come from from outside of those, the ones we mentioned. Well, I'd like to think that the Watson wagon will get it done. And I see the potential. I see the potential. Right, are we going for a break? Yeah, let's go for a break. Part one of the MXY show was, of course, presented to you by Fly Racing. And we thank Fly Racing for everything they do for MXY's, the sport, and you, the listeners. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the former's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. You can get the formula helmet worldwide. There are many editions of the formula helmet now as it continues to evolve, and there should be even more fly racing formula news in a not-so-distant future. Isaac Gifting, Kai Carsmakers, Conrad Muse, Hutton Metal Yamaha, Max Anstey, Rocky Mountain ATV KTM WPS, Rocky Mountain ATV MC KTM WPS, all of those guys, Justin Brayton, many riders worldwide use the Fly Racing Formula helmet, and you can too. One of the biggest advancements in motocross in recent years. We recommend that you pick up a Fly Racing Formula helmet from your local dealer or online ASAP. And of course, thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, discount code MXVICE, all caps, one word, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition for their support of the MXVICE show. We're going to go for a quick break. We'll be back to talk MX2 and your questions in just five minutes. See you then. You are listening to the MX Vice show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. 
Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 94 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Of course, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rent Full Handlebars, Manscaped, discount code MXVice, all caps, one word, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. As that list gets longer, I really need to learn how to take a breath in between the list because, you know, we've just added Manscaped this week and that really put me to the test there, but we'll strive to get better. We'll strive to get better. Thank you to those guys for supporting the MXY show. This is part two, and part two is presented by our new friends at Scott Sports. The Prospect Goggle from Scott Sports is a culmination of over 50 years of experience producing goggles for the off-road and MX market. Used by an ever-growing list of champions, the Prospect Goggle has everything you need to ensure your vision is the best that it can be. With perfected features such as the no-sweat face foam, a maximum field of vision, the Scott Lens Lock system, articulating outriggers and more, the super stylish Prospect Goggle has been engineered to defend your vision no matter how extreme the conditions get. When the mud starts spraying, simply install a 50mm works film system and have an instant advantage over the competition. The Prospect is available with standard, light-sensitive, and now the new amplifier lens options. Amplifier-injected lenses provide improved definition and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com. Not only that, Scott also launched their Heritage Goggle last week, which is a throwback to the 1970s. Uh, it comes with a Prospect and Fury version, and it looks rather cool. You can find that on MX Vice's social media or the website, um, and it's available now. It was available as of February the 16th, so get in touch with your local dealer or go online to scott-sports.com for that as well. Uh, Jason Anderson actually won using the Heritage Goggle on the Heritage Prospect specifically on a Saturday night in Minneapolis. Thanks to Scott Sports. As always, we only align with the best. So support those guys. Everyone knows about Scott Sports. Everyone knows everything they can do beyond goggles even. So get involved. Thanks to them for coming on the MXY Show podcast. Right, MX2. Jesus Christ. MX, MXGP was nothing but painful, to be honest. So let's try and... Um, I'm going to change my tactic with this. Sometimes you've got to pander down to the competition. So in this case, I'm just going to basically try and make it as simple as possible so James doesn't get hung up on the finer details. James. Lewis. Who do you think is going to win the MX2 class this year? I don't know. I've got groups here, but we'll, play, we'll keep it simple. Who do you think is going to take lift for big shiny trophy? Well, Lewis, I'd like to put these into groups. That, that was a joke. Honestly. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> right, in my first group, uh, I have, um, uh, obviously, Gertz, Guadagini, and... Uh, Why are you talking about groups? Sorry? If you want to go for groups, then group one, Vial, Gertz, Mostike, DeWolf, Guadagnini. Do you know what? 
You know, like last year, MXGP was exciting. This year, MX2 is exciting. Do you not think? Yeah, I just, I'm a bit nervous because that lead group has only got five guys in it. What, in MXGP? No, in MX2. Vial, Gertz, Mostyke, DeWolf, Guadagnini. Yeah, but that's five exciting riders, eh? Hey? Yeah, but I'm just thinking that like one of them's off form, one of them gets injured and quite quickly, that's dwindled down. But anyway, positivity. Who do you think is going to lift the big shiny trophy in 2022? Um, I mean, Vial and Gertz, uh, 100% are, you know, are, are going to be there. However, I spoke to Kyder Wolf at Hawkstone, and um, from what I, you know, witnessed at Hawkstone, along with a lot of other people, damn, that kid's fast. Um, I'm so glad that you went to Hawkstone to figure out that Kyder Wolf is fast. Yeah, I know, but it's like a year on from last year, isn't it? So it's, I say that, but it's only six weeks, since, well, eight weeks since the, la- the season finished, but... I'm not going to lie, James. Your, your performance on this podcast is a solid one out of ten so far. I think, I think this year, I think Nestam Hasfarno have got to be just literally waiting for something great to happen because they've got two riders who potentially could win um, this championship. I genuinely believe Kaida Wolf has everything to become a world champion this year. What do you think? Obviously, smart money is on Vial. So, pre-season, everyone's going to choose Vial. I would hope that the gap is going to be closer this year to Vial. Because Gertz has had another year to maybe iron out some mistakes and maybe improve his social media. Mostike is healthy now. New team, factory team. New structure, another year again. DeWolf, another year. Guadagnini, another year. So, like, I would hope that the other four will be closer to Vial. Yes, the Nastan Husqvarna factory racing riders are the most exciting in this class because, as I've said, I won't go into it too much detail, DeWolf and Mostyke have the potential to do big things. The sky is kind of a limit, so we will see just how close to the sky they get this year, but I really don't know. Will they both win a GP? I would think so. Will they both win multiple GPs? Sure. Will one of them be world champion? Sure, that wouldn't surprise me either. Like, I genuinely feel like the Nastan Husqvarna factory racing riders could do something special. Yeah. I, in the coming months. Sorry, what I was going to say is speaking of Kyder Wolf uh, at Hawkstone, um, one of the things which is obviously the dynamics change for him is um, obviously he's got uh, Rowan, who's obviously the you know, same nationality. They are, um, you know, seem to be good friends, working very well. Um, you know, off the bike as well as on the bike. I think he he just said it's a lot of fun within a team, and you know, obviously the racing's good, and they're pushing each other and everything else. So, I think that that lends itself quite nicely to um, there, there's going to be a bit of a rivalry there, and I think they're going to push each other immensely this year. I think I think I'm not discounting uh, Guadagini and not you know Gertz and Vial, but I'm really excited about what this this Nestan team is going to produce this year. I would almost go as far as to put Mostyke and DeWolf and Guadagnini above Gertz. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that could definitely, definitely happen. Um, I mean, the pressure on Gertz as well. I mean, this is the third year. Is it third year in a row of being, a con- like being seen as a contender, I guess, but f- like falling short? That's got to be playing on his mind a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know if anything plays on his mind. 
it's hard because he has been good and he has been close and it has been fine. It's not been a disaster by any means, any year. But it does get to a point where it is almost time to shit or get off the pot. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, as, it's not as dismal as that. But what I'm saying is that this is the third year in a row where, you know, he again, he, he's paid to, to produce. And, you know, it's, it's not gone quite as it, as it should. Yeah, it's it's those five are going to be um they're going to be uh really interesting. I know like I'm not I don't want to bring this podcast down or whatever, but it's it's super sad not to have Hoffer on the line, you know, with with him passing and you know he was going to be a contender this year on the factory backed um KTM. And it's, you know, it's, it's super sad that um we're not going to see, you know, him again, but Yeah, Hoffer would have been Hoffer would have been amazing this year. Hoffer would have been uh, amazing. So you've got to just do a little tip of the hat, a little uh, bit of uh, recognition, because obviously he was really good last year, made massive progress, and it would be wrong to not even acknowledge the fact that he would have been in that most like dwarf group of excitement heading into this year. Yeah. 100%. It's funny though, because MX2, like, MX2 is remembered for last year for kind of being a runaway. Well, not kind of, it was a runaway. And basically being the Viao and Renault show, which it was. But at the beginning of the year, Guadagnini did have a red plate and he did win two GPs in four rounds. Like, Guadagnini was the guy early last year. Now, add in another year of progress. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that isn't just a beginning of the year thing. Maybe like more than, like maybe that goes further. I don't know. How do you think he's going um, he's gonna to cope with that? Again, a little bit more of expectation on it. I think he'll cope well with it because... He seems quite a rounded, um, you know, young, you know, person. He, I think, again, when you when you look at um, what these riders have, as in, you know, uh, the the skills, he has everything, doesn't he? You know, he he's really good on on the social media. He's funny. He's quite relaxed. Um, he's very switched on with with motocross and supercross, um, and his skill set is is obviously phenomenal and. You know, right away through coming through from one two five, he's been super exciting to watch. He he does have everything, hey, to become a world champion. Yeah, but maybe it's too soon. Do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard because I was just trying to think. Do I put Guadagnini above most Ike and DeWolf? You kind of should, based on what happened last year. But for some reason, I don't feel. But for some reason, I don't automatically feel like that, which makes me think that we are underestimating Guadagnini. I think we are, and I, I genuinely think that is because the excitement factor is on the Nestan team at the moment because it is exciting. And um, like I said, I said it. Um, I said it after the Italian Championship. Guadagnini's results don't seem like much from those races, but if you actually look at them, watch them, look at the lap charts, he was actually riding bloody well. Guadagnini wins four GPs this year. Yeah, I mean, w- would it surprise you if if um? You know, he he won the world championship this year. How much of a surprise would that be, given his, you know, the, the caliber of the rider we're talking about now? It would probably be less surprising than if most Dyke or DeWolf won the championship. Yeah, because I think once we get to round one, we're all going to remember that Guadagnini is actually very, very good, and he already was very good last year. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Like you say, it's it's easy to forget that he was a red plate holder last year. I can't even really picture it to be honest. Well, how, how, wasn't um uh when when was it was it Fernandez last year or the year before that he he was a red plate holder last year? 
Was it last year? Okay, it was, that was. Yeah, had it after Russia. Fernandez had it after Matali. Guadagnini had it after Majora. Renault had it after Oss and never got rid of it. I'm glad you're on the show to let me know. Well, apparently, so far, so far, the show you seem to have basically told me to shut up nonstop because you've got stuff to say. So maybe you should try and remember. Maybe write that down in front of you in future. Group two. Beniston, who is going to miss the first two rounds uh, recovering from a torn ACL, but when he comes back, he will have a star engine. And I hear, like he's not even on a bike, but I hear Beniston hype. There is Beniston hype out there. Yeah. Especially now he's got the star engine and yeah. whatnot. So watch out for that. Harrop, Lagenfelder, my pick for biggest surprise this year. My pick to do big things. My pick yeah. to get on the gas. He is uh, going to do well. Muse. Hawkmo gifting can be a uh, again when we when we look back to sort of two years ago, not last year because obviously we didn't see the best of gifting last year, but the year before when he was um, he filled in on the gas gas, we we seen what he can do, and it'll be really interesting to see how he progresses this year on the Hitachi um, team. Um, I mentioned it last week, Bodam. I think he he's a uh, he's going to improve again this year. You know he's he's an outside uh, outside pick, but I think I've seen enough from him to to suggest that he could be in that that group behind. But Lagenfelder, yeah, he it, will be on occasion. Yeah, Lagenfelder is 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 the one. I think I think this he's going to shine this year. Lagenfelder gets on the podium, hundred percent, million percent, maybe wins a GP, and actually has probably actually no, that's hard to say. He definitely has one of the sickest styles in MXGP. Do you know someone who we haven't mentioned, but I've heard is doing very, very well? Harrop. Harrop's I, I, I am on Harrop. I've yeah. been on Harrop. I like Harrop. I think Harrop's really good, and I think if he can get his shit together, then he will be really good. Well, supposedly, his shit is together. So um, I've been hearing great things about the way he's been performing already. So um, that's... That, Again, we what was that two years ago? He um he podiumed at Matley. Was it two years ago? Yep. Yeah, so I mean we didn't see that coming two years ago at Matley, did we? So it's like, could that happen again this year? Who knows? Do you want to um do you want to go on about Muse for a little bit so you can get it out of your system? Uh, uh what what can you say? Um he, what has happened, James? Because you were very much on the Muse train, but then you haven't even mentioned him to me since Hawkstone. And to be honest with you, when I saw him win Hawkstone, I thought to me, bloody hell, James is going to be insufferable now. No, no, not insufferable. Hey, look, Hawkstone's Hawkstone. Um, it's a pre-season race, and I think he went into that correct. He, he, he went out, done well in, in both races. He had a little little off in the first one. Um, but still managed to win the overall. Didn't even bother with the the super final because he wanted to be. Um, he didn't want to risk anything. The track was a little bit kind of uh, sketch, not sketchy, but it was you know it was it was a difficult track to ride. So um, I think you know it is what it is. Hawkstone was a a good place. He'd done everything he needed to. Um, showed people that you know he's he's even with the setup he's got he he can do well. But let's face it. It all comes down to to Matley. In, in I, I don't want to I don't want to hype it up. But I really hope he comes out swinging at Matley because this is what counts. Hey, this this is what it's all about. It's the, the first round. It's going to be. Um, it's going to. We're going to see how far comrades come in 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 this time. And to be fair, 
he's got pretty much everything he he wants. It's it's not perfect, but he's got the engine he wants. He's got suspension. He's got the people around him he wants. He's 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 super happy. He's he's just a different kid at the moment. So um, let's just like hope it continues. I think I think Matley's going to be a very good test. But the problem is is what what is the expectations of Comrade Moose? when when you start talking about the, the five what we've seen which are title contenders, the, the class is stacked. So Comrade being being one of the oldest in that in that group now, it's going to be interesting to see where he he puts himself. And um, if he podiums at Matley, then then that's going to be interesting. I think because like obviously going into Mantova, you know, and he has another good result there, then. Then who knows? Who knows where he can be? But I think it's it's going to be all about this weekend and about you know confidence levels and and see see what he can he can sort of produce. What what's your thoughts? I don't. I've said I'm out. Show me show me show me what you want to show me. I can't do the predictions thing with Comrade anymore. Show me what you want to show me. If he goes out and wins this weekend, one one uh, qualifying, free practice, warm up. I'm not going to be surprised. If he goes out and finishes. 20th in every session, I'm not going to be surprised. Just, I'm along for the ride. I'm in the roller coaster. I'm along for the ride. Hands are up. Popcorn's on my lap. Let's go. Uh, another rider that we've not talked about, um, who had, I think, arguably, um, was probably MX2 rider of the year for me, um, just from, like, you know, Im- Im- improved rider, was Adamo. I mean, he's going to step up once more. What are your thoughts on Adamo this year? I don't know. Can he podium? Well, we do. The thing is, I feel like the po- I feel like there's a p- the potential for a lot of guys to podium, but I feel like Vial Gertz, most like Dewolf Guadagnini, are really going to lock out the podium. Yeah, I I, I agree. And add in sort of Lagenfelder, Muse, um, um, not yeah, Muse has never been on the podium, so you can't put him in that group yet. Okay, and say that he's going to lock it out. No, but like with that, with that, so so those riders sort of just come in behind those those podium guys. That's already a stacked field, and then you've got Harrop, then you've got um, you've got Gifting, um, but there again, Adamo was riding against those guys last year, and Renault, and was still performing very, very well in the top ten. So who knows? It'd be interesting to see where he is um, come Matley in, in Mantova. So it's like I said. At the moment, the excitement for me is in MX2. Like it's it's literally a role reversal from 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 last year, where you were kind of a little bit kind of a little bit downtrodden on MX2 because it wasn't exciting for you. Uh, and MXGP had had everything, but I really want to work on something before Matley because I feel like there's a lot of Australians and a lot of Americans who listen to this podcast who I can imagine are struggling to get to grips with MX2 because it's such a new, fresh class with new names. Like Lagenfelder means nothing. I really want to work on something before. Matterly, which is going to be tough because time is ticking. But I want to work on like a dummy's guide to MX2. I like, like that. So people can look at it and be like, oh, I like that Lagenfelder kid. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh. Like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, just something to, like, just to kind of make it so that people have a reference to go to. So when they're, when DeWolf and Guadagnini are battling for the win, they can go, well, who the hell are these people? And then they go, oh, okay, like, oh, okay, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that, like a hot takes. Because it is, there is that sort of thing, there is that thing out there where people struggle with MX2, because I see it. I post, if I post something on MX Vice about the 250 class in America, it will get just as much attention, clicks, blah, 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 as uh, the 450 class. Mm-hmm. If I post something about the MX2 class in MXGP, 
it gets significantly less than MXGP stuff. So there is a bit of work that needs to be done there, and I will take it on my back. Okay, okay, I like that. Uh, on that note, I'm going to talk to you about that after um, after the show because I've got kind of got an idea as well. So, um, oh no, yeah, James, you don't work for MX Voice. Hmm. Okay, put it in my suggestion box. I'll, I'll stick something in your suggestion box. <laughs> Big shit! If Who's going to win that. the MX2 title? You've got to be hard pressed to bet against Viao, haven't you? Well, you're just you're just like but, safe money. But. I'm going to say it. I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy. People are going to laugh at me. You're going to laugh at me. Um, but I'm going to go Kaido Wolf for the title. I have noticed something with you. When you go to a race, the riders you talk to, then you, you then really believe in. It's like they sell you on them. It's like, you're like, you're, it's like you're walking around trying to buy stock in something. And the people who, and then the people who actually come up to you and try and sell it to you, you buy the stock. I don't, I don't think that's right. I think if you if you look at what he um, he achieved last year, his first win and stuff, um, and and you know how how old is he? Was he sixteen? Seventeen. Se- just turned seventeen. Just yeah, yeah. just just turned seventeen. Um, I just, I just, I just think. I've seen enough, you know, over the past year to to see that progress, and that progress is is a different level to any other rider, I believe, at the moment in that in that championship. Uh, I don't know where the ceiling is for that kid. That's I think that's what I'm excited about is because we've seen a lot already, and it just doesn't doesn't seem to that just doesn't seem to be a ceiling um, to cap him at the moment. So. I, I think all he's going to do is get better throughout the year. So depending on how, how well he starts, I think he's going to be even better by the end of the year. So that's why um, I'm, that's why I'm going, going for it. Because I think he'll come out swinging anyway, um, but I think he's only going to get better throughout the year. But um, I, I don't know, for me, for me, the Wolf or a Guadagini winning the championship would be immense. And that's not taking any way, anything away from, from Gertz or... Um, or Vial, but it would just be nice to see one of those guys. Um, either, either one of those, I'd be very happy with. What about you? I think Vial will win a championship. It's hard to bet against him. And I think that we will get to round one and we will all be like, oh yeah, Gertz is quite good. Yeah. I think round one will remind us what happened last year because I think right now we're all kind of forgetting what happened last year. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on to Leah Ask Vice Anything. Leah. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is now available worldwide, and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, an affordable combo. The 4.5 jersey and pants. The 4.5 enduro jersey and pants. And the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider at Liat. There is an advanced range of moto helmets for 2022 too including with 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5, and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. Your questions answered uh, across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You have all put in your best questions this week. And we also have some from last week when we didn't have a show. 
to get to as well. So we've got a lot to get through this week, which means that some will get left out. A lot will get left out. But just keep sending them in and we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Question numero uno. At Marpav73, are you guys getting the MX Manager ready in time? No, we're not. We announced on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, no MX Manager this year. Yep. No MX Manager this year. Just don't expect it. Don't look for it. No no MX Manager this year. Yeah, check out episode 92. Um, we talk a little bit about it. It's uh, we, We're going to take a year off. Um, we feel it's the right time to do it. Uh, focus on a little bit on the site and other bits and pieces that we want to do. Um, it takes a lot of work um, for Lewis. And um, Lewis is already under a bit of pressure with, with other stuff, which he has to put his time and effort into. So... Um, yeah, so we're going to leave it for a year and then we're going to come back swinging um, in 2023. If you haven't received your prize yet from last year, don't worry, it's coming. Yep. I think we're literally down to the last month, I think, in, in, in the final things, but they might have even gone out as well. Meg's been, been sorting it all out. At Marpav73 also said, was it James's fault that there was no podcast last week? And yes, the answer to that, Marpav, is yes as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got to put my hand up to that one. Apologies. Apologies. You would have thought, though, by uh, by now, Lewis would have found a, a, basically a good substitute. Well, yeah, I can get a substitute, but not when I find out the morning of like the Wednesday morning that we're not that you aren't available. Yeah. I can get a substitute quite easily. I just need a bit of a heads up, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got to take that one. Put my hand up. Yeah. My fault. At the Joe Wells, if Hurling's foot takes a while to heal, could the USA Outdoors be an option? No, because you've got to think. KTM have Viao and Hurlings, and that is it. So KTM cannot afford to lose Hurlings from MXGP because then basically they're going racing with one rider. And also, now that, uh, now that um, Prado's on a gas gas and Crody's retired, KTM need Hurlings out there on a 450 because he is their number one hope of podiums and wins. Without Hurlings, there is a chance that Olsen won't get on a podium or win this year. So... They could be trophyless if they don't get hurlings back in MXGP. So it actually is less likely this year than it has been any other year. So unfortunate, I know everyone's going to be upset about that, but also common sense. So there you go. Here's a question for you, Lewis. Got a little, uh, little prediction for uh, 2023. Um, little globe, Caroli's like stroking the globe, getting some predictions for 2020, sorry, 2022. And uh, it basically tells him that February and um, Hurlins are going to be out. Would he undo his retirement and come back and go for that 10th world title? Do you think knowing what he what, knew if now? he could go back in time? Yeah. Do you think he would have raced this year knowing that um, those guys would be injured? Or is he like, nah? No, because I don't think matter. he's scared. I don't think he's worried about a competition. I don't think that factored into his decision at all. Cool. That's okay. I'll sleep better tonight knowing that. Okay. At Braden underscore 212, who benefits the most from the round one delay? That's easy. Alessandro Lupino, because he wasn't going to race at a weekend because he had a fever and was ill. But I guess, barring a disaster, he should be fine for this weekend. So there you go. Happy days. At Cal Crossland 26, thoughts on moto vlogs, their influence and their worth. I think vlogs are overdone at this point. I can't take any more vlogs. Please. Like, I can't take it anymore. There's too many, too much of the same stuff. People like Tommy's vlog is good because it's not the same stuff, so that's good. I like Tommy's vlog. But other than that, I can't watch any more race vlogs. I just can't. I just can't. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of podcasts and vlogs and everything at the moment. It's, it's, uh, 
And a lot of shit. Like, a lot of shit. You could spend a lot of time watching shit, I guess. Um, and there's other stuff to watch. So, yeah, that's my input. At Stefan Hage, is Maxime Grau... Bloody hell, had a minor meltdown there. Is Maxime Grau still on the Nistan Husqvarna factory racing team? And why is he not around the other riders? There's an announcement coming out. Oh, which should be out by the time that you listen to this podcast because the PR person has written it. I know that much. He's got Epstein Barr, so he's going to miss a lot of this year to take the time to recover properly and protect his future. Damn. Look for the PR. Damn. If it isn't out yet, then I'm probably going to get shot. That's, uh, that's, um, that's, that's a shame, hey? No, it's fine. He's young. He's got time. It's fine. Like, he's young. He's got time. Better to protect his future now than further jeopardize it yeah it's good that um it seems to be now more people know how to deal with this now where before you know teams are like ah you know you're just a bit tired crack on well some some teams are still like that shame on them at wadage 25 degrees and sunny here in melbourne australia today start the series here in the future i don't want to go too much into it because we've told this story many times but two years ago or three years ago even maybe now yeah three years ago 2019 there was a guy at Matterly Basin and a lady who said and a lady who said we are from Perth we have got the first round of MXGP for next year so we are here doing our research to make sure we're ready for it and all I know is that they were going around telling everyone this and we were excited in front weren't stoked that they told everyone this and I've never heard from them again maybe that's why so I mean COVID obviously it's impossible to go to Australia with COVID anyway at the moment but Still, never heard anything from those people ever again. It was going to be in the Perth horse track. Yeah. So, there you go. That would have been sick. So MX Woody 18, not heard much on Mitch Evans. Does he become a factor for top five mid to end of season? 100%. By the middle of the season, Mitch will be a top five factor. Good no call. Doubt. Good call, that guy. Well, it was a question. Yeah. Uh, he knew. He knew. He knows. That's what he said. At Cody Seiler. What? Is it a coincidence? Why do you start talking like a farmer every time you say particular names? I don't know. Cider. It's just like a tick. Cody Sailor. <laughs> is it? That, is it that, a that's a different name. Is it a coincidence that when you leave America that Max gets injured? No, it's not a coincidence. I was a glue holding that thing together. No, it is a shame, though. Very sad for Max because he was. There were bigger things to come, but he, he's not going to be out for that long. For anybody so, who's not caught his Instagram post, do you, do you quickly want to say what it is? Broken two ribs high up, so it basically feels like his neck and his shoulder. I didn't even realize that ribs go that high. Wow. But after looking at a diagram, they do. And there was some internal stuff as well, but that's fine. That's kind of healing itself quite quickly. Pretty rough though, hey? Yeah, he doesn't have much luck when it comes to like... like I've seen a video of his... Did he put a video of his crash on Instagram? I haven't seen it because I, I, okay. I watched I don't it think he twice did. and I couldn't find it. I don't think he put it on Instagram. I've set, I, he sent me the video of his crash and really it's nothing. Like compare it to Sexton's crash and it's nothing. Yeah. And Sexton walked away just fine. So he doesn't have much luck with that side of it. Like, it seems like little crashes seem to bite him. But he'll be back. He'll be back before the end of Supercross. Good. And this is just a blip, blip on the little uh, blip on the radar. But no coincidence, no. At a Barnet four two five, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the chances are of Roxon and Webb swapping rides for next year? 
There's definitely been rumors that Roxon could be out of HRC and Webb could be out of KTM. Swapping probably isn't that unlikely. However, I will say there are a couple of whispers that Roxon has shown an interest in racing MXGP in the not so distant future. Oh, hello. I don't want to be that guy because I realize that that's just standard European thing, isn't it? Like, oh, yes, Tomax also said it. Like, there are, I have randomly, I've heard this more and more in the last two weeks. It's, 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 it's gaining speed. Two weeks ago, I had never heard this. And then in the last two weeks, I've had four or five people say to me, yeah, have you heard? Roxon's shown an in... And then I spoke to someone who would know, and they said that Roxon has said recently he would like to do a year of GPs before he retires. So, yeah, I don't know. At Simo Lorf, what are your thoughts on Jed Beaton? Top 15, top 10, maybe sneaky top five chance. James? Well, I... I'm thinking just because of how the um, situations kind of evolved with um, injuries and bits and pieces, I believe that Beaton will have a stronger uh, rookie season than um, what Olsen and Watson um, had last year. Just because I think obviously more injuries. It wouldn't surprise me um, if we see him in the top five. What, immediately? Um, not immediately, but I, I believe that we'll see him in the top five um, after about four or five rounds. Sliding back to the um, questions from last week quickly, because I don't want to leave those guys out because there was a lot last week. What, what are you, sorry, what's your thoughts on um, Beaton? I think he was quite good in preseason races. I was quite impressed. I think he'll get better as the year goes on. He will have a best finish this year of fifth overall. Okay. Which is about on par with what Watson and Olsen did last year. Right. Oh, this is a good one. This is obviously from last week. At Leaford, where are James's podcast interviews from Hawkstone? I'd like to know the same. Um, they, uh, they were recorded, and um, for me, it was just kind of like a, a little bit of a test and um, uh, a few little things, which are a little takeaways. Um, I need to get like a tripod for um, the camera thing. It just, the angles and a few little things, it just wasn't great. And then the time taken, if I'd already known um, the time taken to do the editing and bits and pieces and with the build up to, um, with MXGP, I just didn't think it was relevant by the time we got it all sorted. So um, they, uh, they're, they're being used for a testing purpose to improve. Let's just say that. Worrying that the editor of MX Vice has not seen or heard about this test, I will say. Don't need to, Very because it's the video team, Lewis. The editor you're, is actually the editor of everything. You're not in the video team. The editor so is the editor of everything. You're not in the video team. So you're the editor of writing content. That's it. That's not how it works. It, it, it does. Anything with a word, that's you. Anything with, with um, vision is Sean. There's a lot of questions about MX Manager. And I'm Team Sean. There's a lot of questions about MX Manager. Maybe we should have not got rid of MX Manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. And, and by the way, it was Lewis's idea on MX Manager. So you no, can I've been trying to get rid of it for years. <laughs> you can blame Lewis. So um, Lewis was the death of MX Manager. SWAT Racing, as you hate pre-season MXGP races, Lewis, were there any real conclusions that could be drawn? See, I don't think there was, other than Renault is quite good. I think that's the only thing you could take from Renault is quite good and Lagenfelder is Quite good. Apart from that, I don't feel like there's anything really that we learned from the preseason races. Well, anything you learned. 
No, but, but that was kind of, I was like leaving the door open there for you, James, to jump in and give your side. No, I, the one thing I would say is that um, I think Bogus, from what I've seen, Bogus is going to be the surprise this year in MXGP. I think, um, I, I, after speaking to riders and kind of like talking to them and asking them why they, um, you, know, what, you know, what's the reasons behind it, it's a bit too soon, a bit close to round one and the rest of it. And they, a lot of them would just said it was, you know, it was just about just seeing where we are, just seeing what, what's left, if there's, if there's anything, what needs to be done before the season starts. And other people were just saying it's just um, time on the bike and time on the race bike. Yeah, I don't want people to find out what needs to be done before the season starts. It's, just, it's round one is round one. Turn up at round one, figure it out. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want people to like perfect things ready for the first round. We want people to like do their best come into round one and then figure it out from there and throw up some surprises. Yeah, I, 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 th- I agree with you. It's like, let's just, get to, let's just get to round one. I'm not sure if you're agreeing with me or not. I don't think you understood what I meant. All right, that's, a, that's enough questions for uh, Leah Ask Price Anything this week. I missed out a lot, but there was a lot, especially with last week combined. And there's a lot going on on this podcast. This podcast is not, there's just a lot going on, thanks to James. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I bring the chaos. I think that's... I'd, like to, I'd like to redo this podcast, but unfortunately, we're, too, we're in too deep. We're in too deep. So, that's the end of Liat Ask Vice Anything. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is now available worldwide, and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets for 2022 too, including the 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5, and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com now. Thanks to Liat and everything they do for the sport and us here at MX Vice. Get in your questions next week. If you see anything, um... If you see anything interesting at Matley that piques your interest, write it down, send us a DM at the event even, and then we'll get to it on the podcast next week. I think that wraps up part two, which means I need to remind you that part two was presented by our friends at Scott Sports. The prospect goggle from Scott Sports is a culmination of over 50 years of experience producing goggles for the off-road and MX market. Used by an ever-growing list of champions, the prospect goggle has everything you need to ensure your vision is the best that it can be. With perfected features such as the no-sweat face foam, a maximum field of vision, the Scott lens lock system, articulating outriggers and more, the super stylish Prospect goggle has been engineered to defend your vision no matter how extreme the conditions get. When the mud starts spraying, simply install the 50mm works film system and have an instant advantage over the competition. The Prospect is available with standard, light-sensitive, and now the new amplifier lens options. Amplifier injected lenses provide improved definition and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com. And as mentioned, the new Heritage Goggle, both available in Prospect and Fury forms, is now available at scott-sports.com. So head over there, get a hold of that, the 1970s-inspired goggle. A goggle that throws it back to Scott's heritage, funnily enough, and everything they have done in the sport in the last 50 years. And there's a lot there. There is a lot. And of course, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, discount code MXVICE, all caps, one word, 
Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We're heading for a break. We'll be back in five minutes for the final part of the MXY show. And then we'll wrap this thing up and head into the 2022 MXGP series. See you in five minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the final part of episode 94 of the MX Vice Show podcast. As always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, discount code MXVice, all caps, one word, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Support those guys, they are uh, leaders in their respective categories, and we would only align with them. We believe that they are the very best. So, strongly recommend that you get in touch with each of those companies, see what they can do for you, and then improve your life off of the back of that. This is part three of the MXY show. And as always, part three is presented to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Performance Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. When you head to pro-x.com now to learn more, you'll find their product finder. So what you want to do, hit their homepage, select your bike, and then you will find the parts that you need for your motorcycle. I've played a game. It's become a fun, regular game. I'll choose Kawasaki. I'll choose KX125, and I'll choose 2004. So I've punched that in, and immediately I have an extremely long list of products that Prox supply for the KX125 2004 edition. There's air filters, brake discs, brake pads, brake rebuild kits, cables, jet kits, jets, wheel spacer kits, upper shock bearing kits, ring sets, retaining clips, piston pins, just about everything you could possibly want for your motorcycle. Do you have a Kawasaki 125 2004? Prox could be the answer to your prayers. Pro-x.com now to learn more. How's it going, James? It's going well, Lewis. It's going very, very well. I was actually uh, just um, in that little break, just thinking back on um, on MXGP and MX2. I'm very excited for this weekend. It's going to be really good. And uh, honestly, MX2, um, uh, that is the class to watch, I think, this year. And, and if, you, if you're not familiar with the names uh, and the riders of, of MX2, honestly, um, do some research. It's really, really, really strong. Um, top five there and the five behind them are, are going to be pushing them all the way. So yeah, it's going to be good to watch. Uh, I'll be there the weekend um, in the sun by the sounds of it. 
But you're very confused because you started this podcast by saying that you weren't excited and now you are excited and it's just, it's all very, it's all very um, this erratic. Po- this podcast has made me excited. Oh, like, really? Because this yeah. podcast has made me never want to have anything to do with motocross ever again. That's good. That, that Again, that's what makes me excited as well. So, um, you know, like two bros, one stone. You may never hear from me again once I... Sp- Push three, three, on this three, three birds, one stone. <laughs> it just keeps getting better, and I'm more excited even than one, even more than I was five minutes ago. Right. Give me your top three in the championship in MXGP. Okay, top three in a in, in order. In order. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. Geyser, Prado, Sewer. I will go Prado, Geyser, Sewer. There okay. we go. That was nice and easy. Same for MX2. Uh, I'm going to go uh, The Wolf, Vial, and Guadagini. I will go Vial, Gertz, The Wolf. Cool. Give me your surprise in the MX2 class. A rider who you think is going to surprise this year, a rider who you think is going to break through, a rider who you think is going to shock some people in a positive way. In a positive way. Um, okay, I think we're going to see... Is, is, would Harrop be a shock? Because he's whatever already you, Whatever you feel, whatever you feel, whoever you think is going to be a surprise or a shock. Okay, um, I, I'm going to say... I'm going to go with Harrop then because um, although it was, it was two years since his last podium, I'm expecting, I've heard good things, I'm expecting good things uh, now being under Steve Dixon and the team. So that's going to be my MX2 shock and I think my... Did you well, want M- MXGP shock or just MX2? Uh, both, just take both. Okay, uh, I'm going to say Bogers. Steve Dixon hasn't had a rider on the podium since Max Anstey in 2015, I think. If really? my memory is right. I think that's, so, if my memory is right. Well, um, I guess Courtney Duncan. I never got one. Tommy never got one with Dixon. Courtney Duncan. Well, that doesn't count. It does. Yeah, but not, in this, not for this conversation. Oh, okay. You're just making it up as you go along then. So well, no, it's all my MX2 Dixon, MX2. Okay, so you, again, you have to clarify. Okay. Because he has, won, go, he has uh, won a said, world title. I've said Lagenfelder over and over, so he is my MX2 surprise. However, I will do a tip of the hat. Kai Castmakers, who I feel like no one expects anything from, but he did actually impress me at Hawkstone. So, even though he wasn't there. After Hawkstone, I watched, I looked, I talked. It's possible, James. Okay. Just that you seemed to think that that was impossible for me. Well, you are literally mentally challenged. Double um, standards. I think that no one expects anything from him this year. And I think that now, maybe at some point, he'll do something. And when I say that, I mean a top 10. I'm not expecting him to podium or top five, but I, f- I feel like the bar is um, quite low. And as it should be, because he's young and being thrown in at the last minute. But still, I think, um, yeah, I think that's quite, I think that's quite a... Do you, do you know what's interesting? Some, to do something. I swear to God, if you bring up something about yourself, <laughs> well, you you just said that I'm mentally challenged, um, which is interesting because extremely, yeah. Um, but outside of motocross, that's the terminology which not just me but everybody associates you with. Um, so in, um, in, in this is an MXGP. Once again, this is an MXGP preview podcast, and that conversation died two minutes ago. So what people would want 
listening to this is to hear the MXGP discussion progress, not have it stopped by someone. That's kind of what the target audience would want. Just I know you probably didn't see the, uh, the target audience feedback, but that's probably what they'd want. Just FYI. MXGP, I, you said bogus. I would go bogus. It's hard because it's hard because because it's a weaker field. Everyone's going to do better than last year. So technically, everyone's going to be surprisingly better. We didn't talk about Vlandering much, but I feel like Vlandering wouldn't be a surprise because people feel like people expect stuff from him. Can I say that in MXGP there will be no surprise, or is that negative? Uh, that's super negative. It's not just negative; okay. it's super negative. Uh, I would go bogus. We didn't talk about Liam Evans at all either, just FYI. My surprise for MXGP will be that Strybos is going to turn up and race a GP at some point. Allowed or that's your, that's your surprise. <laughs> I'm struggling. I, I would say bogus, but I'm struggling apart from that. I'm literally reaching. So should I just say bogus? Just go with just bogus, End this misery? Yeah. Yeah, go with bogus. Evans gets back on the podium. Is that a surprise? Well, a surprise would be an achievement, wouldn't it? It would like coming back from well, yeah, a year off to, I mean, like, to podium. Yeah, true, true, true. Okay, I'll go bogus as well then. Okay, that hurt, didn't it? What were you going? No, not at all. I, I, that was, I, like I said, I would have said him automatically, but you'd already said him, so I was trying to be different. Mm, Once again, I'm looking you? to improve the quality of this would podcast. You know? Would you know? Uh, if what? you want to improve the quality of this podcast, you've probably been saved. Um, by coming back from California early. Because there is a bear which is broken into um, oh my God. over 30 houses and they call him Hank the Tank. Okay, brilliant. Let's just... Let's Hank just the Tank. Californian authorities hunt 500-pound bear who's broken into dozens of homes. That could have been you, Lewis. Biggest disappointment this year. You on this podcast is really leading the way so far, but let's see if someone else can top that. Who's going to disappoint this year? Uh, who's going to disappoint uh, you? Uh, just because you're, just what I you're, said. you're negative. You just copy what I said to life. Come on, let's just end this. I'm done. What are you done? We've not even done Planet Bombshell of the week. No, I know, but let's just come on and speed it up. Oh my god, what's wrong with you? If you if you had a heat in email since we took a break, is some is someone picked on you? No, not at all. Are you sure? Yeah, I will I've get just them. Been sat here. I was sat here for quite a while now. So okay. Well, if you, uh, if you had time on your hands, you should have got the old uh, lawnmower 4.0 out and uh, gave him a quick refresh. Who's going to disappoint this year, James? Uh, who is going to disappoint? Oh, such a negative thing to say, isn't it? Um, let's, look, can we change it to maybe who won't reach their, um, their uh, goals? Maybe that's be- better than saying um, who's going to disappoint. It's very negative, Lewis. Very negative. I don't know, Lewis. You go first on this one. While I, while I um, muller it. I don't think Lupino will be as good as last year on a beater. I think last year that was a very special situation for him, so that could be one. I'm not sure if Olsen will podium, and I'm not sure if people expect him to podium, so that could be one. Same with Fernandez. There's a lot of Fernandez hype. There is a, that's my... There is a lot of Fernandez hype out there, and I don't think he will live up to that hype. So Fernandez would be mine because there is a lot of Fernandez hype out there. Hmm. There you go. I just gave you three. You were struggling for one. Uh, well, I would say Van Horbeek. On the basis of? 
that I think he's just now forgotten. Do you not think that Van Horbeek's been forgotten? Well, yeah, by us, but not in what he was quite good at points last year. 10th overall at the final GP. Why, why didn't you give him the kudos he deserves? Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, one that... One that I don't think is. It's fine. Be... It's fine. It's fine. No, it's fine. I was going to move on if you no, like. No, what I was going to say is one person that um, we haven't spoke about, and it's not going to be disappointment, but one of the somebody who has definitely got, um, you know, uh, a steep hill to climb would be Poochez. I think. I think after having so much time off the bike and then coming back on a four fifty, um, that's going to be an interesting story to follow. However, I think um, it's it's going to be a hard year for him. Yeah, but I don't know what the expectations are because I think everyone expects him to just take it slow. But I don't think, I don't even know if people have expectations of him. My expectations of Pooches would be B top 15 every week and then happy days. Yeah. But then top 15 is going to be hard in itself. So maybe you'd just say top 20. Just be in the point. But if he can be in the points every single week, then happy days. And behind Bogers, I think Van Donink would be my um, other surprise. Oh wow, we're going back again. You'd love just can't can't stay in a straight line, can you? You have to like zigzag. Well, no, zigzag, zigzag, just constantly zigzag. thinking. Just constantly thinking. That's like, good. That's just it evolves, doesn't it? it evolves. So MX two disappointment. Hmm. It's a hot. That that's harder, I think, because I have actually part of me is kind of um, my expectation for some of these riders now is like quite high. And if they don't meet that expectation, then then that would be a disappointment. So I don't know. Um, I I um, oh, this is going to be really like controversial and really bad, but I'm going to say Gertz again. Yeah, but I think he'll be top three in the championship, no problem. So what's wrong with that? It's not a title. Yeah. So in your mind, Gertz is title or bust? Yeah. Hundred percent. What three years now? Yeah, but not everyone wins a world title. Coppins never got one, and he was absolutely deserving of anything and did pretty much just everything right. But he never got one. Like not everyone gets a world title. Maybe, maybe if he this doesn't a, get this it, this isn't a participation award. Maybe if he doesn't get it this year, he would be the new Coppins. No, Coppins was a much better rider and much closer and did much more. How many posters do you, do you still have in your room with with him on? Because. It is quite. I feel like I feel like it's. I feel like this podcast. I feel like we are. I not you. We not I. Not we. Fuck me. I feel like I am doing a very good job of keeping the Josh Coppins name out there. No, because I feel like I'm not sure if anyone hears his name other than on this podcast, which seems to be weekly. <laughs> yeah, weekly. Because you've got literally. If he was still riding now, he would have literally a restraining order on you. Childhood hero. Something. Yeah. In GPS. Ben yeah. Townley and Josh yeah, Coppins, most, childhood hero. Most people had like Pamela Anderson or, or something like that. You had Josh Coppins. Right. Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week time. What have you got for us, James, other than your shocking performance on this podcast? Uh, my performance has been uh, vastly underrated by you. It's really it's really shame because in while the other weeks when I was in America, you really came in with some very... I actually was very impressed and felt like we were getting somewhere. And this, I feel like we've gone back two years with this podcast, but it's fine. We'll go back, we'll review, we'll reevaluate, and we'll see what you can do better. I think, we, I think at the end of the day, you've got to let the people have their, um, their, their vote. Okay, anyway, again, once again, you 
need to like speed it up. Like, not right, if, if, if you got, conversation. Do you have somewhere to go? Well, no, but like the podcast is a podcast. Why are you I'm, constantly like literally? Just, I'm just looking for some. I'm just looking for some to keep the podcast moving. You know, right? Uh, okay, Storm Eunice. That is my planet bombshell of the week. Why? Because it completely fucked everything up. It could have been more of a bombshell if it fucking tried. Yeah, I just feel like we really be that one. That, but my planet mojo bombshell of the week would be. Hmm. Hmm. There will be, there will be a first-time winner in either cast this weekend. I had some little insight for everyone about that, but we're moving on because. That's your planet moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with a Planet Moto Academy. There's a lot going on at Planet Moto, including something that actually is quite important for all of you. Because if you head to Planet Moto Holidays, planetmoto.co or Planet Moto Holidays on Facebook and Instagram, then what you will find on there is that there is a date free for you to book. March for 7th to March the 14th, which is two weeks away, roughly. Yeah, two weeks away. Do it. There are available spaces March for 7th, March the 14th, that week. Head to Planet Motor Holidays on Facebook, at Planet Motor Holidays on Instagram, planetmoto.co, the website, and snatch that 2022 date before it Do goes. Do it. I can see here by the comments and engagement on social media that a lot of people are trying to get that one. So what you're going to want to do is steal that March the 7th to March the 14th date. Have a time of your life. Ride tracks like Red Sands and everything that Spain have got to offer. Spain really is a little California of um, Europe for motocross-wise. So, good weather, good tracks, and perfect accommodation with Planet Moto Holidays. They will take care of everything. You send that first message, and then your life will get a lot easier from that point on. So, how many GPs are you doing this year, James? Eight. Any particular ones? Uh, It's going to be all European-based, I'm afraid. Um, I won't be doing any of the overseas ones like Argentina or... What's your first... What's your, what's your next GP after Matali? Mantova. <laughs> You're going to Mantova, are you? Yep. Really, really glad that I just found that out. Oh, nowhere. That's great. Would you like me to book you a hotel? <laughs> uh, I thought you already booked me on already. Have you not bothered? Well, no, because I didn't. You never told me you were going to Mantua. I was expecting you to say Trentino or something. Oh, I tell, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm doing. Um, I'm doing Mantua. Um, I'm doing Portugal. I'm missing Trentino because it's my daughter's birthday. Uh, I'm doing Latvia. Um, I believe the Russian GP could be off, um, given that f- uh, World War Three is just about to break out. Um, I'm guessing that uh, it might be a struggle for most people to get a visa now uh, going into Russia or to bypass the warplanes. Um, uh, Sardinia, I'll be doing. Um, Spain. Did you go to Sardinia last year? No, no, I wanted to. So you're doing eight GPs, and it seems like you're basically doing them all in the beginning of the season. So you're just disappearing for the second half of the year. No, no. Because you've just uh, pretty much named every GP in the first half. Well, I know, it's exciting, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to be... A- you're only doing eight, you said. So I'm getting a bit confused because you've already listed eight. Well, I can't do things like Udavella and Finland because um, my uh, COVID holiday from three years ago is... We're actually going to be away on that one. Um, 
So not going to go to Turkey, uh, but definitely will be at Redbud. So I believe Lomo, Udavella, um, and uh, MXGP of Finland I'll be missing. So, uh, so, you're, so instead of eight, you're doing 17. No, the, the first half of the season strong. And then I'm going to be doing, um, you, you know, the, after, after Erne, I'm going to be doing like Tushintau, um, Locket, and then just um, possibly St. John. And that's it. So first half strong, second half not so strong. Okay. That's good to know. Well, at least yeah. I feel like I learned something there at least. Yeah, no, it's just I've got a family holiday, which I've obviously got to go on. There's two weeks in Greece, which is going to be lovely. Um, was supposed to go last year and didn't happen. Was supposed to go the year before, didn't happen. So Finally, who wins Matterley? Steve Dixon, if it Actually, Steve Dixon will win Matterley just by being awesome and putting on a GP. But apart from well, Steve... That perfectly, that perfectly completes the podcast where James failed to answer anything I said with an answer to what I said. Well, if you won't bring my game back, I'm going to just be like this. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to go Geyser, uh, MXGP, and I am going to go Kaidwarf, MX2. It's funny, I struggle to see Prado beating Geyser around Matterley, but then again, if Prado whole shots both motos, and I see no reason why Prado couldn't win Matterley. Again, who, who are you going with? Because you rushed me on everything and you're going around the, the round houses again. So just seems to be one rule for one. I think, one I think, guys, will, I think guys will win round one, uh, Matterley. And MX2, I think Vial will go 1-1 one, one and make everyone shiver in their boots a little bit that we are in for Vial domination. But then I think that will change come Mantua. Also, this is a Planet Motor bombshell of the week. Really? Another rider is out of Matterley. Oh my God, who? But I can't tell you yet. Oh. It might even be out by the time, I doubt it'll, it'll probably be out by the time you listen to this, but by the time this podcast comes out, it probably won't be out, which is risky. So do it. Yeah, do it. That actually should have been the Planet Mobile. I'm sure I forgot about that. Do that it. Text during this podcast. Do what? Tell us. Leak it. Right, that is a wrap on episode 94. Best podcast show ever. Really back to the drawing board after this one. Really back to the drawing board. But thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful Handlebars, Manscaped, discount code MXVICE, M-X-V-I-C-E, all caps, one word, 20% off and free worldwide shipping on all products. Get on that this week, next week, please. It would help us a lot. Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, even strokes, asterisk knee braces, and armor nutrition. Speaking of the uh, Supercross video pass, from next week, I wanted to do it this week, but this hasn't gone well. Uh, from next week, we will have a segment dedicated to Supercross talk because... Um, yes! I've been waiting for like, this. I, I think it's good to keep that going. And I know a few of you have requested it in the past, and I've got a lot of thoughts about Minneapolis that I was hoping to get Me to. Too. Me time. too. That was the final part of the MX5 show. Presented by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Performance Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Thanks to Prox Performance Parts for their support of the MXY show. 
Thank you to all of our sponsors for backing us. We will be back next week, fingers crossed, to discuss the MXGP of Great Britain. We thought we, we said that last week, but as we've learned, nothing is guaranteed. No, the weather forecast is good for this weekend, so it should be fine. We should have two days of racing. It'll be a nice start to a championship, and we can finally get 2022 underway. Final thoughts, James? Final thoughts, Lewis. Um, looking forward to seeing you and hanging out with you again this weekend. Take two. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support of MX Vice. If you want to hear anything, want to see anything, have any thoughts. Got something you want us to do at Matterly this weekend? A story, a rider, something you want us to chase? Let me know. Send us a message. Get in touch and we'll do our best. Thank you for listening to episode 94. We will be back next week with episode 95. See ya. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAC bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAC has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.